can the can the can the clay say to the potter, "Excuse me, you've made a you made a mistake." Israel backslid horribly. Let me just put an exclamation point on what I just said. You got to get healed, and you got to stay in the house of the Lord, and you got to you got to rebuke the you got to rebuke the devourer. You got to get healed. You got to forgive your mom and dad. Hello, you got to forgive them for dropping it on your head and doing evil things. You got to forgive your sister. That you you, you got to forgive your brother. You got to forgive the the high school student when you went out in your car and he took advantage of you. You got to forgive everybody. You got to forgive your uncle who did stuff. You've got to forgive everything. And until you do and get healed and allow Jesus to come into those hurtful, painful memories and heal you, you'll never be whole. And those things, strongholds, wrong ways of thinking, generational sin, iniquity, bondages, those things will cause you to leave the house of the Lord. And though you might want to serve Him at one time because you, you never worked out your salvation with fear and trembling, if I could say it that way, you never got Jesus into every chamber of your heart. Because maybe you weren't discipled. Look, I didn't have, I didn't have somebody take me you know, and say, look, look you, you have to, let me help you. You know, we do, Jesus help us. We're doing a better job than we've ever done discipling. But the truth is, I repent for the the job that we do do. We need to do way better. You ought to repent too. Let me ask yourself without a raising of hands, who here is discipling somebody? Very good. I I said, no raising your hands. Who here is discipling somebody? Ask your question, who are you discipling? Well, I just got saved a year ago. What? There's people going to hell today. I've been saved 20 years, never disciple somebody. Come on, you've got you to gotta reach to somebody who's in more pain than you. Somebody say amen. So Joshua chose to serve the Lord, and so does Israel, but Israel, Israel blows it. And as I thought about that, I began to think about our country and about the birth of this country. Many of you don't understand the, the tremendous godly heritage that we have in this country. Not that everything was right. And not everything was good. And there's been horrible atrocities. But God has worked in the founding of this nation in miraculous ways. I, I thought about these two different events that some of you don't know. And I began to research and read and, and study. I want to tell you about these two events that, that coincide. They work together. God worked them together. First is the story of Squanto. Does anybody know the story of Squanto? In 1605, look at your notes. Here's a history lesson for a few minutes. In 1605, Squanto, a Patuxent Indian, and four others were captured and taken to to England by Captain George Weymouth. The reason they were captured is because there were companies in England that had investments and wanted to learn about the land, of how to do trapping, how to make more money. So they captured these Native Americans and they brought them to England so that they could learn about this new land. So he was there for 12 years and he learned English. He was returned by Captain John Smith. Some of you heard of John Smith. He was the one that was a part of the Virginia colonies. In 1614, he was returned to his home. But he was captured again by Spanish and sold into slavery and brought back to Spain. I mean, what a life, Squanto. Brought back to Spain as a slave. And while he was there, there was a a bunch of Catholic friars who had a ministry of redeeming slaves. And they went and they purchased Squanto. And they freed him. Amazing. Before they freed him, they taught him the gospel. 
before they freed him, they told him about God sending his only son. He got on a ship and returned to England. Then in 1619, Captain Dermer returned Squanto along with other Indian named Somerset to his home. Both of them knew English by now. They returned home. He returned to his home there near Cape Cod, only to find that his entire tribe is completely wiped out. Three or four years prior to that, there was a fever that came and hit, wiped out his tribe. There not, was not one person left. He was the only one left. And the land was left vacant because the surrounding nations, tribes, believed that it was a curse that came upon the people. So they didn't want to go on the land. They didn't want to touch any of this. So there was this, this whole area of land that had been farmed and cultivated, and it was completely abandoned because they believed it to be a curse. He was brought back six months prior to the arriving of another group called the Pilgrims. Six months. The Pilgrim story. In 529, King Henry VIII of England begins his own church, breaks away from the Catholic Church. And he began to be influenced, that group began to be influenced by the Bible in an unusual way. There was a man by the name of William Tyndale. You've heard of Tyndale Publishers? Probably some of you are holding a Bible in your hand made by Tyndale Publishers. Tyndale was an actual man. And he translated the Bible into English. And he was persecuting them. It's about a hundred years before is when that translation came 200 years before that. There was a man by the name of Wycliffe. You ever heard of Wycliffe Bible translators? Well, that's where it comes from. Tyndale picked up the work of Wycliffe, Wycliffe and finished it. And people began to read the Word and started to question the teachings of the church. And there was a, there was a, real, a real movement. They, they called it the Puritan Movement. It's the beginning of the Puritan movement there in England. What was that about? You see, when they read the Word of God, they realized the church wasn't doing what the Word said to do. And they said, man, there's something wrong. We need the church purified. The church needs to be purified. I'm going to tell you now, the church needs to be purified today too. I mean, there's so much seeker-friendly stuff. There's so, much, there's, there's so few people talking about the cross, talking about the blood, talking about repentance, talking about consecration. I didn't say constipation. I said consecration. Come on, consecrations to be set apart to live holy. Afraid of saying same-sex marriage is wrong. Man and man and man being married is wrong. Man and woman and woman being married is wrong. It's wrong. It's biblically wrong. Homosexuality, homosexuality is wrong. We're voting on it in our country. It's crazy. Killing babies is wrong. So they believed this, 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 they believed that the church needed a cleansing, and they began to stress personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the result was a great persecution that came upon them, and they were called by their enemies to Puritans. William Grinnell. You ever have a chance to read anything by William Grinnell? Do it. It's profound. Every page is packed with a revelation. The Puritan fathers are. It's, it's so rich. So in 1607, being persecuted, the separatists, these Puritans, left England and moved to Holland. 
And they were in a town called Leiden. They started this community there in Holland. And they were there for 12 years. And during that time, they prayed. They believed as they prayed. And you can read this. This is history. God, we believe you have a special work for us. What is it that you want us to do? What is it that you want us to do? Their children were becoming Dutch. It grieved them. You can read about that too. Their children were, they were losing their, their customs and losing the fact that they were English and losing their heritage of their families. They were becoming Dutch and they didn't like that. As they continued to pray, they felt increasingly that the Lord would have them go to the new world, the new land. And they, they boarded a, a boat by the name of the Mayflower. After much delay, there being 12 years, 103 people set sail in August of 1620 on the Mayflower. Now this storm comes. They were supposed to go up the Hudson. A storm comes and blows them 100 miles off course. And they land in an area on November 11th. They drop anchor at Cape Cod, the very same place where Squanto still was, returned back home, Squanto, to his village that was gone. Squanto was still there, and the Puritans, now called the Pilgrims, came and landed in a place called Plymouth. Between November and April, 47 of the 103 people that were on that Mayflower, they they died, which really wasn't that bad when you look at Virginia. The Virginia colonies had 90% of the people died. Now, Squanto is there, and he began to sense, as, it's re- as I read, that Squanto began to sense that there was a special service that he had to serve the Lord with. And as those Puritans came upon his land, he began to work with them, and he taught them. He taught them how to plant crops. He taught them how to, how to hunt, how to trap. He taught them trapping beaver Beaver was very expensive. He taught them how to catch beaver and sell beaver and all of that. And, 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 and there's, now there's a couple different stories here you can read about this. But this particular, this particular slant of how Squanto helped God's people just seemed amazing to me. And it all started by... By seeking God. In fact, the, the pilgrims, the Puritans, they, they believed that Squanto was a, spe- a specifically assigned servant of the Lord sent there to help them. Had it not been for Squanto, they might not have ever survived. The soil was sandy. They didn't know how to plant corn. They didn't know how to do things. They, have, they used fish in, in the sand and, and was able to turn you know, a, a total failure into success. It's actually today that 10% of America can trace their roots back to the Mayflower. I can trace my roots back to the Mayflower on my mother's side. Now, you, know, you can get so prideful about that. What, what many people don't know is that uh, African Africans came. They were very part of the first plantings of, of, our, of our nation right in Virginia as slaves, but then, then they, they broke free and, and owned their own land, and then there was a horrible atrocity that came. Slavery. What are you saying, Pastor? I believe God's speaking to us. In fact, as I as I prayed, 
as I prayed, I felt like this whole, the whole story of the start of our nation is exactly where we are today. You say, what do you mean by that? Virginia was a colony that was not started on, based on godly principles. Virginia at Jamestown, although there might have been godly people that came or were a part of it, was plain and clearly started for economic reasons. And it became really the first boom town. They began to, uh, a young man, an entrepreneur, 23 years old, brought tobacco. And at that time, Spain was the only one that had tobacco. And if you got seeds from Spain, you would be murdered. You could be killed for giving away tobacco seeds. Somehow this man, this young man, 23 years old, brought tobacco to Virginia. When he got there, almost everybody was dead. But the situation turned around and that Jamestown began to be the first boom town. And before you knew it, there everybody had tobacco in their fields and it became the largest crop. And it was all about finances. But to the north... It was all about freedom, freedom of religion. It was all about the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. We don't have an economic problem. Well, we have an economic problem. There's no doubt about that. But economics is not the problem. The problem in America is that we have chosen to reject God chosen not to live by his word chosen i mean there are people that got so bent out of shape for taking the ten commandments out of capital rotundas and out of courtrooms and all of that and, and and rightly so would be upset but the truth is that lots of people are shouting and screaming that the ten commandments are no longer in our nation when we took them out of our homes many 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 years ago People will protest about the Ten Commandments not being God's law, being emblazoned and, and uh, in different places. They'll complain about that, but go home, drink two six-packs, and watch a rated R movie. You tell me who took out the Ten Commandments. I'm preaching better than your amen, and I'm going to encourage myself. Amen, Pastor. Woo, that's a little fiery right there. Ah, come on. We need a wake-up call. We need to choose God in America. America, you need to choose God. Something that they did on the Mayflower that was historic, and I'd be amiss if I didn't mention it, was that they made up what's called the Mayflower Compact. The Mayflower Compact was a historic document never before in the history of mankind had there been a document like that. It was a document that basically made some laws and rules that they would choose their own governor and they believed that through the Mayflower Compact that God would move through them to build the kind of community He wanted to build. That Mayflower Compact was really the, the framework by which we get the Constitution. I mean, for, for the Constitution of the United States of America to stand as long as it has is a sign that God had to have something to do with it. I mean, it's amazing. Still applicable today. Oh, some say that it isn't. God's speaking to us that as a nation, look at your notes, we must choose to serve the Lord. Whether it be in an economic meltdown or at war, our nation has to choose to serve God if we're going to continue to be a nation. I've preached other messages here about, well, it's called Stop the Vomit. Because in Scripture you see if a nation begins to do the very things that our nation is doing, it says that the land will vomit them out. It is Old Testament is true. And the reason the Amorites were booted out of the promised land was because of sin. Very plain, very simple. In fact, there was a there was a 
the Lord says in, in the Old Testament, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'd have to go look and give you chapter and verse. But the Lord says the sin of the Amorites is not yet full. That's a picture that there's a, a fullness of sin that can come before, before God brings judgment. And I believe America is the greatest nation on the earth. I'm all for the, the stars and stripes. I'm all for our country. But what has made our country great has been the Lord. Has been standing for His freedom. Standing for His truth. As a nation, we need to serve the Lord. We need another reformation. Now, nations, as I said earlier, they're made of people. You and I make up the nation. Of course, there's many other you and I's. Nations are made of families. The problem really has become obvious to me that we no longer choose laws that are based on God's truth and God's Word. We have what they call sociological laws. What sociological laws are is whatever basically the consensus are of people to think what is right. In other words, we could change. All right, everybody believe, would you all agree that this is white? Okay, we could, fair estimate, right? White? If we all got together and voted that white is the new red and red is now white, then we could change the names of what those colors were, couldn't we? We could. It would be a little odd. What we've done in America is take sociological laws and begin to make them truth. It should not be. It's crazy to me that when you, you can't get as close to a, to a whale without going, you can get in more trouble getting close to a, a whale than you can for killing a baby. And there's a perfect storm, if you will, you say you're getting a little political. So, sure. There's, there's this perfect storm that's brought, you know, evolution. See the problem with that? One of the, one of the, there's no, there's no, there's no data to back evolution. But, but it's become, it's become truth in our country and it's taught in our schools. You see, if you can begin to believe that you came from an ape, then it's easy to kill a baby. See, that, that's kind of the, 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 how it works. The slow boil, if you will. So everybody say, as a nation, we need to choose to serve the Lord. Come on, as a nation, we need to choose to serve the Lord. And we personally, we must personally choose to serve the Lord. Joshua says, as for me and my house, you have to make a personal decision to serve the Lord. And to get your idols out of your house. What idols? Self is probably the biggest idol we have. Come on, think about it. Somebody took a picture over the last weekend and, um, and, and showed it to me. Immediately, I looked at my face first. And I thought, that's a terrible picture. But then I looked at Micah. It was a great picture of Micah, but it was a terrible picture of me. So immediately, I didn't like it. That's exactly how we are. Come on, what's the last time somebody hated you? I've got a picture of your family. The first thing you do, you find you. And you're all, right? You're like, oh, that's no good. That's no good. That's because you're just looking at you. I don't like that picture. I look fat in that one. Somebody else might look thin. 
You know, I was running the other day and something was chasing me. I turned around. It was my own hinder parts. Anyway, if I don't sew that into the message, you just enjoy it as a whole. Come on, everybody say, we must personally choose to serve the Lord. You serve Him. You want the nation to change. It starts in your house. It starts in my house. What you watch, the way that you, the way that you act. Come on, you, your anger problem matters. Your, your lust problem, I'm not looking at anybody. Your lust problem matters. He said, well, it's just me on my internet. It's just me. It's my, my computer. I do it at night. Nobody can see me. You idiot. It releases a spirit upon your home. It opens a door to the wicked one to come and ravage your own kids. Your greed problem. I've had people who say, Pastor, will you pray for me that I get a good job? I pray for them. I said, they get a good job, and before you know it, they're, they're really, really, really working. Then they get another job. Or, or they start a business. And their business prospers, and they get to the place where they're not even coming. They say, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to give to the work of the Lord. I'm going to give to God. God's going to bless me. I say, hallelujah. Then before you know it, they're in church maybe once a month. And then once a month turns to every other month. And then before you know it, they're not around. And I follow up on them and they say this to me. They say, well, Pastor, I, you know, I'm working so hard. God has so blessed my business. I'm making so much money. I just haven't had time to find to come to church. I'm going to pray God shut your business down. <laughs> now, I'm, we don't pray those kind of prayers, but we just, say, we just say point blank, God, do whatever it takes to bring them back to you because your business is not the most important thing. Your lust is not the most important thing. You are not the most important thing. God is the most. Serving Him is putting Him first, tearing down idols. If America's going to turn back to God, it's going to start in your house. It's got to start in my house. It's got to start in His house. Somebody say amen. amen. Not only that, but we must establish an ongoing witness. You see, Israel was to be God, they're God's chosen people that were supposed to be, when you looked at them, you went, whoa. There must be a God. In fact, let me say this. You say this to an atheist. Try this to the next atheist you know. The fact that there is still a nation of Israel and there's Jews alive, still practicing Judaism, is a sign that there is a God. When you, 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 you looked at the existence of Jews in Israel, there's no way, there's no other nation that's lasted that long. There, just is, there is no other nation on the face of the earth that still exists. Like them. They're, all the other ones are wiped out. Really. That's the truth. It's a, it's a picture that God's on the throne. Because He's their chosen people. They were supposed to be used uh, as, as a signpost to point to the fact that there was a God in heaven who loved His people. That's what you're supposed to be. Same thing. You and I are supposed to be ongoing witness to the Lord. Now, we can't be an ongoing witness if we're filled with idols. You can't be an ongoing witness if you're all in bondage. Micah, would you come, please? Won't you choose to serve the Lord? The 4th of July, 
as we celebrate our nation's birthday on this Sunday, I felt impressed to bring a message that I feel will change our nation. We must get free of our idols. We must choose to serve the Lord. There is no other way. Economics will shift and change. We can't make moral decisions based on how much it costs us. There is a real right. There is what, what, what theologians say is called absolute truth. You see, there isn't one of many truths. There's absolute truth. There is, there is righteousness and holiness and purity. And there is unrighteousness. It's not an ambiguous blend. It's, a, it's not a mixture of holy and, and unholy. There really is righteousness. We need to restore righteousness to our land. Or, as it says in the Old Testament, the land will vomit us out. There's been more wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, tidal waves, hurricanes, tornadoes, droughts, fires. I am now 45 years old, and I'm a young man. I realize that. I used to think 45 is just old. But I now know. 45 is young, and so is 50. So is 55, and so is 60. Come on, all. Come on, all the geezers said, "Amen." <laughs> I had this kid over who's visiting Danny. He said, hey, go ask your old man if he can buy. I said, dude, don't even ever call me an old man. That's a sign of dishonor, and I ain't old. I'll outrun you right now. I'm way stronger than you two. And smarter. And better looking. Don't call me old man. In all my years of life, all my years of my 45 years and whatever I can remember of it, I've never seen anything like what's breaking out. And, and from the, old, the oldest person in this sanctuary, and we're not going to pick that person out and try to figure out who that is, but y'all say the same thing. I've done my little survey. Never have we seen so much death. Never have we seen so much ungodliness. Never have we seen so much uh, travail in the earth. Hurricanes and fires and earthquakes, tidal waves. Never. Don't just... Don't just wink at it and go, oh, well, it must be another El Nino or something. Or El Nina or... Or menopause or something. Midlife crisis. No, that we are at a point in history where we have got to choose to serve God. And it starts with you, me. It starts with us in our homes. You choose what you watch on TV. You choose whether you go to church. You have a choice. And by the very fact, and I will close with this, and I want to receive, we're going to receive communion today. By the very fact that there is a place called the judgment seat of believers is an evidence that you can do it now. Because at the judgment seat, it's just you. It's not you and me. Come on, it's just you, not you and your spouse. It's you. And either you're covered with the blood of Jesus or you're not. And then even after that, there's different rewards that come in heaven. It says that some will suffer loss. You'll be in heaven, but you'll suffer loss. I, I can't quite wrap my mind around that. It seems the reward is 
closer proximity to Jesus if you study the judgment seat. You study... It seems, it seems that the reward is being closer to the throne. Wow. By the very fact that you and I will be judged on that day is proof that you can do it because you can choose Him. And you can't point to your mama or the fact that you were bottle fed instead of breastfed. You can't, you can't say a whole bunch of excuses and stuff of what happened and everything. There is no excuses on that day when you face the Son of Man whose eyes are burned like flames of fire. There is no excuse. None. Not one. You can't manipulate Jesus. And you will stand there. And how you live now, right now, how you serve the Lord now, in your marriage, in your home, how you serve God now will determine how our country ends up. It'll determine what will happen on the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great for those who live for Him with all their heart, not so great. In fact, terrible for those who didn't. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. What say you? Come on, let's all stand up on our feet. Say it with me. If it's real. If it's real. I don't mind. I don't try to just get you to say something. You really are going to serve God? Then you make a decision right now and you get all the idols out of your house. You do whatever it takes. You commit yourself to growing in God. You commit yourself. This is not some patty cake for Jesus thing that we do. This is for real. We're playing for keeps. All right, if you mean it. Say with me, as for me and my house, we will serve. Say it again if you mean it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Ushers, would you come? We're going to receive communion now. Did you get something from the Lord on 4th of July? Amen. If you could just begin to come, Paul, just stand right there. If you could begin to come from that back row, and uh, we, we will serve you. I want to sing a hymn, like, oh, the blood of Jesus or something. Come on. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus.
what can what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh, oh precious Sing it again. Now just hold on. We're going to receive communion all together as soon as everybody's served. No rush. Come on, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Nothing. Come on, let's sing it. Oh, I can wash away my sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. your voices. What can wash away? Come on, lift your voice. With all your heart, sing to the Lord. What the blood, nothing but the blood. Come on, examine your heart. Nothing but the blood can wash it all away. Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. No other fountain, no. No other fountain, no, can wash my sin away. Fountain, no, can make me whole again. No, the fountain, no, mm-hmm. 
I was lost and now I'm found. I was bound and now I'm free. It's your blood, it's your blood, it's your blood. It's your blood, it's your blood, it's your blood. It's your blood, it's your blood, it's your blood, it's your blood that made me whole and made me whole and made me whole. <laughs> Thank you, God. It's your blood, it's your blood, it's your blood that made me whole, made me whole again. It's your blood that washed away my sin. It's your blood that washed away my sin. Lord, forgive us. Come on, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And in likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So Father, we remember that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross, that by his stripes we're healed. We remember God today that you sent him to shed his precious blood, untainted, holy blood shed. Because without the, the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Lord, we stand remembering today that it is your blood and nothing else that washes our sin away. And so, Lord, we repent right now. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. Come on, ask God to forgive you. Forgive us for lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Wash us and cleanse us. Wash us and cleanse us, Lord. Make us white as snow. As it says in Isaiah, though your sins be scarlet, I'll wash them and make them as white as snow. Though your sins be red, crimson, I'll make them as white as wool. You take out the heart of stone and you put in the heart of flesh. If you're not right with God, get right with God now. Do it now. This is it. Get right with God right now in this moment. It's you before His throne. Give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sin. So we repent before you, God. We remember that you did that for us and we also remember today that you're coming back. You're coming back, God, for your church. You're coming back, God, for your spotless bride. We receive your forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to you, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, somebody say, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I'd say, I receive your healing. I receive your healing now. As in Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink together. Curse of sin is broken. Somebody, somebody shout to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank Him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. 
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Somebody say thank you, Jesus. You turned me up just a little bit in the monitor. Come on, church is almost over. Don't miss a moment of giving him all your praise. Come on, you ready? Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
God today. Take someone by the hand. Woo! Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh. When we say amen. When we say amen. When we say amen. It is finished. It is over when I said amen. Pray for the person on your right, person on your left. Go ahead, lift your voice, pray for them. When I say amen, when I say amen, when I say amen, it is finished, it is over when I said amen. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them and give them peace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Bless you. Amen. Be blessed. We hope to see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Man, I just got a little song I felt like the Lord gave me, so I bless you. I'm going to sing it. Amen. When we said amen. Amen. When we said amen, it is finished, it is over. When we said amen, when we said amen, when we said amen, it is finished, it is over. When we said amen, when we said amen, when we said Let me